Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I'm really glad that you're here today as we continue with our message series called The People That God Loves. Uh, Because there are people that God loves um, and shows his love in an extra special way. That is to the poor, uh, the widow, the single mom, the orphan, the prisoner, the children. Um, And each week during this series, we're looking at one of these groups of people. And we have, there's a big project that all of us can get involved with to help that group of people. And then for those that, that God touches your heart in a special way towards that particular group of people, there are other opportunities for you to get involved in a more hands-on type of way. Now, last week, our big project was to help the kids at Still Creek Ranch. And I'm telling you, man, it was unbelievable what God did through the enormous outpouring of generosity at our church. Uh, when we took, and this is some of the, these are some pictures of the amount of shoes and boots and clothes that we took in to help these kids. I mean, tubs after tubs after tubs after tubs for these kids. When we took this stuff up to Still Creek Ranch on Tuesday of this last week, the kids were blown away. I'll be honest with you, the, most of them, honestly, they, they really just didn't even know what to say. They, they had never seen anything like it before. The staff didn't know what to say. One of the um, little girls, when she opened her tub, one of our staffers was standing nearby and just overheard. She opened the tub and saw what was inside. And she just said, I think I'm going to cry. And then she turned to her friend and said, and this is just one tub. She had three, but she'd only seen one. She said, this is more than I've gotten for Christmas in all the Christmases of my life combined. I'm telling you, God used you to show these kids that they haven't been forgotten and that they're important, and they matter, and that they're loved. I have never been more proud of our church than I was this last week. Really, never been more proud of our church than I have been in this entire series. I mean, it has been truly amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been awesome. And so today, we turn our attention to talking about how do we show love for prisoners. How do we show love for prisoners? Now, I got to be honest with you, this topic carries for me a sense of regret. And I'll tell you why. I've actually only known one prisoner in my entire life. One. Um, he was a student that was in my youth group when I was a youth pastor, you know, way back in the day. And um, after he graduated, he got mixed up with a guy who led him down a, long, a wrong road. He ended up committing a crime and being sentenced to prison for 10 years. He actually was just released earlier this year after serving his full sentence. And uh, I knew over that 10 years that God wanted me to go and visit this guy in prison. Uh, But you know, 
I mean, we were in the midst of, you know, starting this church and, you know, we had a baby and then we had another baby, you know, and, you know, life just gets in the way sometimes, just consumes you sometimes, you know, and plus this prison was over two hours away. And so I only went to visit this guy one time, one time, and I knew I should have gone more. You know, I mean, and the truth is, I really hate getting up here and like confessing to you guys all the stuff in my life that I've done wrong. Um, I, you know, it's just not that much fun. But the truth is, I do it to show you that first, I'm not perfect. And second, to help me solidify my resolve to take a wrong and turn into a right. Okay? So that said, how are we to help prisoners? Well, when it comes to loving prisoners, the truth is, it doesn't pull on our hearts like orphans do, right? Because, you know, orphans, they're in their situation because of decisions that somebody else has made that have dramatically affected their lives. You know, they're there because they are innocent victims of what other people have done. But that's not the case with prisoners. Prisoners are in prison because of choices that they've made. So there's that justice-oriented part inside of all of us that just says, well, I mean, you... You're getting what you deserve. I mean, you've made those choices, and these are your consequences. And this is where God steps in to just give us a little course correction. Because just because these guys have made some mistakes in their past doesn't mean that God has turned his back on them. You know? We've all made some mistakes in our past. And aren't we thankful that God didn't turn his back on us? And so if there's something that we could do to help these prisoners turn their lives over to Christ, to find eternal life in Christ so that they could live for Christ behind the prison, behind the prison walls and be a Christian influence there and then if and when they're released, become a Christian influence on the outside world. I mean, wouldn't we want to do that? Well, sure we would. Absolutely. And so I want you to look this morning at one of the most convicting passages in the entire Bible when it comes to prisoners and really when it comes to so many things in life. Okay, let me set it up for you so that you'll understand the context of what's going on here. Um, Jesus is telling his disciples what it's going to be like on judgment day, when every person stands before God to give them account of their lives. You know, I mean, the disciples, they wanted to know. I mean, they wanted to know what was going to happen on judgment day because you're like, that's a scary day. And so Jesus says that when everybody that stands before God on judgment day, he's going to take those who are going to heaven and he's going to separate them and put them on his right. And those that are not going to heaven, going to heaven, they're going to go to hell. He's going to put them on the left. And then this is what's going to happen. Look at the verse or the passage. It's in Matthew 25. The Bible says this. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you in sick? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Whoa. Now, someone might read this passage and they might think, well, I mean, the way to get to heaven is to make sure that, you know, I feed the poor, I give clothes to the needy, I help the sick, and I go visit those in prison. They would be wrong. If you were to read the entire New Testament, the Bible is extremely clear that the only way, the only way for anyone to get to heaven is to ask Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and then pledge their life to following him from that day forward. Okay, so what is, what is the point of this passage? Okay, now, listen up, because messing this up is how cults get started, okay? I'm telling you, it's how it goes down, all right? What is the point of this passage? All right, here's the deal. The point of this passage is to warn us that becoming a Christ follower is more than just praying a prayer. It's more than just praying a prayer. Becoming a Christ follower must result in a changed life as demonstrated by doing things like helping the poor, the sick, the widow, the prisoner. That's, it demonstrates that. And the people in this passage that didn't get to heaven were surprised that they weren't going to get there. They thought they were going to make it. But the reason that they didn't make it is because their life and the way they lived it did not show any evidence that they had ever been changed on the inside. You tracking with me? And so, listen, we don't get to heaven by being good people or by helping others. We do good and we help others because we've been changed on the inside, okay? Listen to this. Our changed lives don't make us believers. Our changed lives show that we already believe. 
our changed lives are evidence of an inner transformation. That's what he's getting here. So if, a, if all a person does is pray a prayer and they never change the way they live, according to the Bible, they run the risk on judgment day of finding out that they are not going to get to heaven. The only way to make sure that you get to heaven is to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you and then follow him with your life from that day forward. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. Understand? Okay. It, it doesn't mean, however, that you have to be perfect. Okay, look. We're all in process. But if, our, if the way we live doesn't show that we are changing as a result of being in that process, then there is a very real chance that we might not have ever become a Christ follower to begin with. So, in case you're sitting here this morning and you're having some doubts about your own personal eternal destiny, I want to encourage you to pray the prayer to become a Christ follower and then follow through with that by following him with your life. And look, I mean, if, if in the end it turns out you actually really were a Christ follower, then it doesn't sound like it hurts to pray this prayer again, okay? But the point is, is don't just pray it and then walk away. You pray it and then you walk with him from that day forward. So here's the thing. I want you to turn your message notes over on the back side. Look at the very bottom. There's a sample prayer to become a Christ follower right down there. If you have never prayed that prayer before or you realize you never meant it and you're willing to mean it today because you want to make sure on judgment day you're on the right side, then please take a few moments and pray that prayer to become a Christ follower right now and then make that commitment to follow through and follow. Follow Christ as best you can. You're not going to be perfect, but as best you can from this day forward. Now, for those of us that have already prayed that prayer, the question is, what does God want me to do to show love to prisoners? How can I show love to prisoners? Well, two things this morning. Here's the first. The first thing that I can do is this. Visit those I know in prison. Visit those I know in prison. Look what Jesus says in this passage that we just read about those who were standing in front of him. In Matthew 25, 36, he says, Jesus says, I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you, and underline this, came to visit me. This is pretty straightforward, truthfully. There's like no mysterious meanings here. I mean, Jesus basically says, if you know anyone in prison... You should go visit them. Okay? When you do, it's as if you were visiting Jesus himself. That's what he's saying here. And look, if Jesus were in prison, would you go and visit him? Well, sure you would. And the truth is, you should go more than once. If I could turn back the clock, 
I would go back and visit my friend in prison more than once. It's the second thing that we need to do. Second thing that Jesus says is this. He also tells me that I need to look after prisoners' needs. I need to look after the needs. Jesus, I mean, he turns up the heat. And he gives us some insight into his expectation for us when it comes to prisoners. Look at verse 43. He says this. He says, I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not. And I want you to circle these two words. Look after. You did not look after me. Now, that word, look after, okay, that was the same word that would be used to describe what a waiter would do for a customer. You know, so if a waiter went to a customer and says, oh, you need a glass of water, great, I'll go get you a glass of water. Hey, you dropped your fork on the ground, you need a new fork, great, I'll go get you a new fork. Okay, oh, your food was to prepare the right way, okay, great, I'll take it back and I'll go get you food that's prepared the right way. Whatever the need was of the people at the table, he looked after their needs, whatever they were. And Jesus is saying here, he's saying, in the very same way, we need to look after the needs of prisoners. That whatever a prisoner's need might be, we ought to do whatever we can to meet that particular need. That's what he's saying here. Now, before I was getting, before I got started getting ready for this message series, I got to be honest with you, I was totally unaware of what God was doing in the prison system here in the state of Texas. But I'm telling you, God is doing something really amazing. And so I went down to one of the prisons here in our state and to find out what God was doing. I want to show you this video and then I'm going to come back and talk about it for a few minutes. So let's go ahead and roll this video. 17 years ago, God started doing something amazing in the prison system. And it actually didn't start in the state of Texas. It actually started in Louisiana with the worst prison in America at the Angola unit. And in that prison, of all things, God started a little seminary. Those prisoners um, who graduate with a legitimate degree are now sent to other prisons in Louisiana to help share the gospel of Christ and lead other inmates at other units all across the state to Jesus. I am now standing in front of the Darrington unit here in Texas, literally just an hour away from Parkway Fellowship. This is the most violent prison in the Texas uh, prison system. It has one of the worst reputations. The most violent criminals in our state are housed right here. I want to introduce to you a friend of mine. Uh, this is Grove Norwood, uh, a man that God has used um, as a key player in forming the seminary here at the Darrington Unit. Mike, one of the things we're after here is the culture change in this prison, just like the culture change began at the Angola prison and then has begun to spread throughout the state. And so we're already seeing, even though we're not even finished second semester, that men are preaching out on the, in the gym area out here in the yard. We've never seen that here at Darrington before. Bible studies are being held in the day rooms where the uh, officers are walking by saying, why are these guys huddled up around that table over there? Something bad going on. And they see men huddled up around Bibles and study uh, 
people are coming up to the students after class saying, hey, uh, Bible boy, what's going on in there? What's going on in this thing? And the Bible boys are able to say, well, would you like to know? My name is Frank Williams. I've, I've been incarcerated for 18 years. I'm doing a life sentence after coming off death row. I spent three years on death row here in Texas before the Lord made a way for me to come to population. Being here in the seminary has, has really given life a new meaning. It's, it's opened a door for me to not make up for what I did, but to become the person that I always desired to be. My name is Marion Hooper. I've been down since... 1994. I may never get the opportunity to, to be outside again, but that's okay. If I can reach people for Christ, He's the only true agent of change. He's the only way that men are going to be able to amend their lives. If they can meet God in here and be discipled, they can change. And they can get out of here and be productive in society. Thank all of you who uh, give us the opportunity by donating books and such, so that we can become that useful and use, useful and fruitful individual while we're in prison. Thank you for the books that you send, because it's really helping me to grow in the area of Christ. So I would like to say thank you all for donating the books, and please send more. God's at work here on Darrington. He's fixing to be at work through the entire Department of Criminal Justice. We've got over 160,000 people incarcerated. And they need change. And that change isn't going to come unless it comes through Jesus Christ. Let me sum up to you what is going on here in the state of Texas. Um, the seminary at the Darrington Unit is the only seminary in the prison system in the state of Texas. And it is taught by real semin seminary faculty who come in to teach these prisoners. And these guys will eventually graduate with a real seminary degree so that they are equipped to share Christ in the prison and then go and... Uh, properly proclaim Christ and preach Christ and teach Christ to prisons literally all across the state. And these prisoners, I, I promise you, prisoners are much more open to what these guys have to say about Christ than if I were to go into the prison and talk to them about Christ. Because prisoners can reach prisoners much more effectively. Um, get this. The, this Darrington unit is literally, it is the most violent prison in our state. And there are prisoners requesting to be transferred to Darrington so that they can attend this seminary with the hopes that they will graduate. And if they graduate, then they will be transferred back into their former prisons where they can proclaim Christ and start groups within their prison that where, where other prisoners can find Jesus and find eternal life. I'm telling you, we are on the cusp of seeing God do, do something amazing in the prison system here in our state. I mean, it's, it really is going to be unbelievable. And so we've got a chance to help. 
Here's what we can do. These prisoners have no money to buy textbooks, okay? That is their problem. And so the seminary has asked if we would buy the textbooks that would cover their first year of classes in seminary, okay? There are 40 students in, at, at every semester. Each of them need 16 books. If you do the math, that's a total of 640 books. So it's not like, like you can just like take the week off as far as you know, like helping out and doing stuff, okay? If we're going to do 640 books, it is going to take all of us. And so here's what we're asking. We're asking each family to provide two textbooks, two Based on your last name. If you look at the Fellowship 5 on the back of the bulletin. Everybody look at the back of the bulletin right now. There's a whole list of textbooks. But there's also an alphabetical list of whatever your last name begins with. Those are the two books that we want you to purchase. Alright. We want you to purchase those two books. And get this. If we purchase the hardback versions of each of these books then they will be able to take those hardback versions and store them in the seminary library. And those books will continue to be used by students semester after semester after semester after semester. They can be used over and over and over and over and over and over again. Literally, they can be used up to the next 25 years. Let me ask you this. How old are you going to be in 25 years? Seriously, how old are you going to be in 25 years? You could do something today that will still be changing lives 25 years from now. When else can you do that, right? I mean, how amazing is that? And so the project for the week is that we want to buy these books to help these prisoners, okay? And now here's something else that you can do. Inside your um, worship guide is also a little piece of paper like this. It's a little quarter sheet. We want you, during this song, when Pat and his team come up to play, we want you to write a note to a prisoner and the, that's going to be reading the textbook. What we're going to do is we're going to affix these notes on the inside front cover of every book. And so I want you to write them a note, and we're going to put it inside the front of the textbook that will encourage that prisoner. For instance, let me give you an example. Here's what I wrote on my note. I purchased this book for you in the hopes that God would use it to draw you closer to him and teach you more about himself. I'm confident God will use you to change the lives of others. You will reach people no one else can. Your life counts. Mike, April 29th, 2012. And I want you to just sign your first name. It just makes it more personal. So that's what I want you to do. But now I want to give everybody a chance to do something. Pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it next to your sermon notes. And I want you to check on the card and on the notes, the next step or steps that you are willing to take today based on what God is motivating you to do. And maybe it's this first one. Before 8 p.m. tomorrow, that means you're going to do it today or tomorrow, I will buy two hard copy textbooks on Amazon.com. And if you want to go to the store, you can, but they're all, all these are on Amazon. I've already, I've already checked. Based on my last name, you need to see the, look at the Fellowship 5. It's actually the Fellowship 4. We only had room for 4. Um, and I will have them sent to the Heart of Texas Foundation. That's the foundation that works exclusively with prisons, prisoners. And here's the address. 2930-29370 McKinnon Road, Fulcher, Texas, 
77441. And if you're using U.S. mail and not UPS or FedEx, use the P.O. Box 991 um, because the U.S. mail won't deliver to the other McKinnon address, okay? So however you want to ship, it's fine, but have it done, okay? But you need to purchase those books today or tomorrow, all right? Here's number two. I will write a note of encouragement right now to an inmate to be put on the inside cover of a textbook. And I want you to take this and place it in with the offering when it goes by here row in just a second, okay? So you'll need to fill this out now. Okay, number three. Sign me up to go with, Parkway Fel- with the Parkway Fellowship Group to deliver these books in person to the Darrington Unit Seminary. We're going to go in about a month from now, make sure we have all the books, all the stuff affixed on the inside, and then we're going to go. Man, if you want to go, you should go. It's, it's unbelievable. And you will get to talk to them and visit with them, that kind of thing. It's a very controlled environment, and it's, it really is It's amazing to see what God's already done in these, in these guys' lives. Here's number four. Email me some more information about getting involved with prison ministry. Make sure your email's on the front of the card, okay, so we can, and that we can read it. How about this last one? I want to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you prayed that prayer earlier in this message, and it's the first time you've meant it, and you're going to follow through, then I want you to check that box because I want to mail you some information and some materials in the mail that will help you get started in following Christ. But I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. There's a little table before you walk outside of each of these three doors. Just grab one of those packets on your way out. It's got some other materials in there that will help you get started in following Christ. Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you first off for the chance that you're giving us to get in on what you're doing. And Lord, I thank you that you have allowed one of the most violent prisons to be placed in our state literally just an hour from here. It could have been anywhere, but you placed it here. I think with the hopes of knowing that our church would become inextricably involved to help these prisoners change their lives for you and then go on to multiply our efforts a hundred times over to reach thousands of more prisoners over the next 25 years and that we could start all of that today with buying a textbook. And so, Father, I ask that every textbook that is purchased, you would bless it and you would use it to help change a guy's life and help him become more like you. And for those in the room today that have decided to accept you for the first time and really meant it, I ask that they would find the joy of a changed life starting today. I love you, Father. Thank you for what you have been doing in our church and what you're doing today in our church because of your message. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would do it all for your glory alone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.